You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Friday to you. We are going to recap what happened on day two of Buffalo Bills training camp. And I scoured the beat reporter articles and breakdowns and recaps over what happened in practice. And today I am going to share the most notable takeaways that I found and break down some of the implications of what has been reported. There's also a couple of newsy items where the Bills signed two offensive linemen. We'll talk about them later in the podcast And I want to get to some of the comments made by wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders. So the team practice inside today due to inclement weather. And because of that, we got a chance to see pictures of the indoor practice facility that revealed that there was new field turf installed in the indoor practice facility. And that field turf matches the field design at Highmark Stadium, which is just another one of those details that Sean McDermott is in tune with and making sure that the practice environment matches the game day environment. So much so that the end zones are blue and the size of the logo in the middle of the field is exactly the same as it is in the stadium. And so you love the detail that Sean McDermott goes to in every aspect of the football operation. And I'm sure it was a little more expensive to have those decals and that coloration on the field, but an important one to Coach McDermott and the indoor practice facility turf matches that of Highmark Stadium. Four players did not participate in practice on Thursday. Three that we already knew about, Jerry Hughes, who has the calf strain and he's on the NFI list. Ike Bakker and Deion Dawkins, they are in the COVID protocol. And then Jacob Hollister, the tight end, he was not in attendance, but there's been no reports or information as to why. So something to monitor there. It really seemed like the big story from the day was the performance of Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills offense. No matter what article you read about the day in practice, There were glowing reviews of how the offense looked and how Josh Allen looked. want to share something that Matthew Fairburn of The Athletic wrote. He said, in past training camps, Allen and the offense have started slow. Even during his breakout 2020 season, the signs weren't there early in camp. But Allen's first two days of training camp in 2021 might be the best two-day stretch of practices he's made since entering the NFL. He's calm and sure of himself in the pocket, and his accuracy has come a long way since his rookie season. According to Fairburn, Allen was 15 of 20 on the day in team work. So Matthew Fairburn with some really positive remarks about how Josh Allen looked, went so far as to say it's the best two-day stretch of practice that he's made since entering the NFL and complimented his accuracy and It's exciting to hear. It's exciting to hear that he's hitting the ground running and it doesn't seem like he's shaking off any rust. The man is ready to go. 
Sal Capaccio on Josh Allen's day. He said, simply put, the offense and quarterback Josh Allen were exceptional through most of the 11-on-11 session. Allen was finding a plethora of targets all over the field, rarely missing with several big-time strikes, including two huge gains to wide receiver Cole Beasley. And it pretty much seemed like every report that I read was praising how Cole Beasley has looked and his role in the offense to this point and how he's been consistent in making plays. So high praise all around for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills offense. Now, two other offensive players that I want to mention real quick here, two wide receivers actually, Isaiah McKenzie and Marquez Stevenson. We'll start with Isaiah McKenzie, and Matthew Fairburn wrote that he was all over the place and caught six passes in team drills and was dominant in one-on-one drills. And you heard Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer comment on McKenzie and talked about how difficult he is to guard one-on-one and when he's given choice routes and option routes and he can create that leverage, he's just a tough cover. And he's never been overly productive at receiver for the Bills. He's obviously had plenty of flashes, but you know, I just feel like we need to start talking about Isaiah McKenzie as an absolute roster lock. Now, he might be wide receiver five, but I am feeling more and more like those top five receivers are absolutely set in stone. Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis, Isaiah McKenzie. And so we'll see if the Bills keep six or seven wide receivers. Historically, they've kept six. I think they'll keep six again. But we could have all these other guys, Marquez Stevenson, Isaiah Hodgins, Jake Kumaro, Tanner Gentry, Duke Williams, all these other receivers, Brandon Powell, all those guys competing for potentially just one spot, which leads us to Marquez Stevenson, a rookie out of Houston, day three pick, sixth round pick, a guy that was interesting at Houston because of the speed factor and how he really shined athletically, and that led to a lot of plays for him at Houston, whether that was as a receiver or as a kick returner. Again, he's never been a punt returner, so we have no idea if he can do that. But really the first we've heard from him came in the practice reports from the Thursday practice. Matthew Fairburn wrote about him and talked about how he was creating separation and his speed was impressive. And like I said, this is really the first I've read or heard about how Stevenson has looked, and I'm certainly glad to hear that it is encouraging. And even Matthew Perino of Syracuse.com, he was complimentary of how Marquez Stevenson looked. And so, you know, just thinking about what beat reporters can and cannot say, it seems like through the OTA sessions that at some point you would have heard something about Stevenson because Heck, it's wide receiver. It's a position where you can actually have takeaways from in terms of how they look as a route runner and catching the football. And I know that they can't say anything about special teams, but nothing about his route running or hands or if he's dropping passes or anything like that. I was surprised we hadn't heard anything, and obviously I'm encouraged that the first we really have heard um, was high praise for how he's looked, and so... That wide receiver six, potentially wide receiver seven competition is going to be interesting and sounds like Marquez Stevenson looks good to this point. 
This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto, a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions like, is your Odyssey an EX or an LX, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and save money when using rockauto.com. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. So let's shift gears to the defensive side of the football and see what we could take away from the practice reports regarding Thursday's practice. Let's start with the CB2 competition where Dane Jackson and Levi Wallace are competing for that job opposite of Tredavious White. And so some of the things that I was able to take away are, first of all, from Maddie Glab. She noted a rep where Dane Jackson was covering Isaiah McKenzie with Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback, which is an indicator to me, because it's Trubisky at quarterback, that it was a second-team rep. Then you read that Levi Wallace was covering Marquez Stevenson, according to Matthew Fairburn, and if Marquez Stevenson's on the field, I'm guessing that is a second-team rep. Then Matt Perino, he noted a rep where Levi Wallace was guarding Emmanuel Sanders, and so that, to me, is an indicator that it was a first-team rep for Levi Wallace. And then Perino also noted reps for Dane Jackson against Tanner Gentry, Lance Lenore, and Isaiah McKenzie, which are likely second-team reps as well. And then Matt Perino also wrote about some struggles that Dane Jackson had on Thursday. And then lastly, um, in the video, the, the highlight video that the Bills social media team released regarding practice, you saw a rep where Dane Jackson was covering Isaiah Hodgins. So again, another indicator that it was a second-team rep. So we don't have the full story, but at a minimum, it seems like they're rotating because you have indicators that both are competing against the second team, but it really feels like the most notes seem to indicate that most of Dane Jackson's time is coming with the second team. So based on what we can glean from two days of camp and really just kind of splicing together practice reports, it feels like Levi Wallace is getting the early reps right now at CB2. So it feels like he's the favorite, but that could shift. And, you know, Dane Jackson, as the lesser experienced player, maybe getting the second opportunity to run with the ones. And, you know, most of that work is going to Levi Wallace now because it's a it's a spot where really he's the incumbent. He's been the primary starter, and maybe next week that switches over to Dane Jackson. So who knows how this is going to shake out in terms of what the plan is, but as of now it certainly feels like Levi Wallace is getting most of those first-team reps. Now, there's been some really good reports about Saran Neal, and uh, you heard about him having a pick six 
and um, just overall having some impressive reps in coverage. Matthew Fairburn noted how physical he was and how tight he was playing in coverage. Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde really hyped him up in their media sessions when they hit the podium for their press conferences. And Matthew Fairburn went so far as to say he could have a role in this defense, which is really interesting because he hasn't had a role in the defense. In fact, as his career has progressed through seasons, he's played less and less on defense. We all know Saran Neal's value has come on special teams where he does a terrific job, but defensively he has not really been a factor. And so reading those reports and kind of being high on Neal in the past, and if you recall going into the 2019 season, he was one of my breakout candidates. I really thought he was a guy that could claim a more significant role defensively, and that didn't really happen, and I've cooled off because it didn't. But, you know, I can be reeled back in. And so I'm thinking a lot about Saran Neal and his skill set and his versatility, and he's a guy that, you know, going back to his days in college, played some linebacker, played some slot corner, played safety, played outside corner. And for the Bills, you've seen him play corner, slot, and safety. And as we somewhat panic about the depth at safety that the Bills currently have with Dean Marlowe no longer being in the mix, and thinking about Dean Marlowe and what he meant for the special teams and as a reserve safety and last year playing a fair amount of reps down in the slot, it got me thinking, maybe we should be talking more about Saran Neal as a backup safety, at a minimum kind of a hybrid type player for the Bills secondary, just like Dean Marlowe was. You know, this guy has played 47 games for the Bills over the last three seasons. It's not like he's DeMar Hamlin, a sixth-round rookie. Now, this is a guy that's been around. And so as I processed that in my head, it made me feel a little bit better about replacing Dean Marlowe. And so we'll see if... Saran Neal continues to have a good camp and how he looks in preseason and what roles he fills. But for now, that is where my thoughts are when it comes to Saran Neal. Uh, Maddie Glab and really everybody talked about Carlos Basham and how he showed off his athleticism when he batted a pass and wound up intercepting it and returning it for a touchdown. And Maddie Glab described it as a volleyball player setting a tipped pass up to himself uh, before grabbing it and heading into the end zone. And, you know, Matthew Fairburn noted that it was a pass from Josh Allen. He was the one at quarterback. So a couple of things here. Uh, first of all, great to hear that Carlos Basham has been active in practice and Micah Hyde really spoke highly of his effort and how he's popped to this point. But, you know, with Jerry Hughes out, it certainly looks like Carlos Basham is getting an opportunity to run with the first-team defense because that was a rep where Josh Allen was the quarterback. And if you recall, back in OTAs, Carlos Basham made some pretty impressive plays as well in terms of you know being around the football and showing off his athleticism. Matthew Fairburn also noted that Gregory Rousseau got pressure on Josh Allen, and you also read about him getting some reps against Darrell Williams. So a sign there that Gregory Rousseau is getting first-team reps as well. So Basham and Rousseau, the Bills' top two picks, they're getting run with the first team right now. That's certainly what you can take away from these reports. Lastly, I do want to mention a couple of notes from Thad Brown. Um, 
I don't want to be repetitive, but three things that he said that I didn't see anywhere else. He said Jake Fromm did not look good, uh, throws into double coverage, and five-foot overthrows. And so, you know, Jake Fromm, very limited skill set, and he really has to, to show out because with Sean McDermott indicating that they're not going to have a COVID quarterback at this point, and that's not the plan right now, he needs to beat out Davis Webb to be the 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 quarterback they choose to keep on the practice squad. Because I don't think the Bills are going to roster three quarterbacks. Now, if Fromm forces the issue and looks really good in games, that changes everything. But I have not read a single positive thing about Jake Fromm and how he's looked in practice, and that goes back to last year with some of those reports. Thad Brown also said Isaiah Hodgins lost another physical battle there are catches that he needs to make. And this is my concern with Hodgins. You guys know that I really respect the route running. I respect the hands. But my concern with him is when contact is introduced and he has this tall, slender build and, you know, whether it's getting off the line of scrimmage against physical corners or addressing contact as a route runner or at the top of routes, that's kind of where the issues start to come in for Isaiah. And hearing that... He's having some challenges in that area is concerning to me because I figured he'd look really good against air. And so now where there's a little bit more competition, physicality is is being more part of what's happening in practice, you know, things are cooling with Hodgins. And that was something that I was afraid of. And then he also said that Jay Kumaro had a nice day. And so, look, this wide receiver six thing is going to be interesting, whether it's Stevenson or Hodgins or Kumaro or Gentry. Uh, but um, right now, it seems like the the hot names coming out of uh, training camp for wide receiver six are Jake Kumaro and Marcus Stevenson. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Let's close things out by reflecting on... Emmanuel Sanders press conference and talking about a couple of offensive linemen that the Bills signed. Let's start with Sanders. I think this was the first time we've heard from Sanders as a member of the Bills. I don't think there's been a press conference for him yet. And so it was cool to see this. And you really got the sense that he was happy and he seemed really, really excited, was very complimentary of what the Bills have built and said the first two days of practice have been amazing. He said it's everything I thought it would be. He came to Buffalo for a reason. He did his research. He loves the energy, loves the offensive coordinator, said he's having fun and talked about how much he's enjoyed playing with Josh Allen and all the ridiculous throws he can make. On Stephon Diggs, he said he's a dog. I love everything about him. He's a high-energy guy. He gets everyone going, said he's the same way and that they're built from the same cloth and said it's going to be a fun year. 
And so Emmanuel Sanders, you know, experienced guy in the league, played a lot of football. He really just genuinely seemed happy and pleased with the situation. You you just felt that from everything he said. And not that I would expect him to say anything differently, but I just gained an appreciation for his energy and, you know, just the way he answered questions and just a, a guy that you just feel like brings a lot of charisma to the table and, and just is a good fit for the type of personalities and energy that we see from this Bills offense. And so I was really encouraged by seeing that, and it's great to hear that things are clicking early on for Sanders and Josh Allen and the Bills offense. Now, the Bills also signed two offensive linemen, Tyler Gaither and Markel Harrell, and they actually had two open roster spots, two signed players, and actually they have two more, three more really with Hughes, Dawkins, and Bakker not counting against the active roster based on their designations. But they filled a couple of spots with these two offensive linemen. We'll talk about them real quick. Uh, Tyler Gaither, 24 years old, was an undrafted free agent in 2018 out of the University of Miami. He's been on the Patriots practice squad as well as the Jaguars and the Miami Dolphins practice squads. was a 29-game starter at Miami, where he primarily played center. He comes in at six foot five, three oh five. And so uh, Bill's probably needed some bodies here on the offensive line. And uh, Tyler Gaither out of the University of Miami was one of the guys that they brought in. The other, Markel Harrell, who was not new to the team. He was actually on the team for a bit last year. 24 years old, a UDFA in 2020 out of Auburn. He actually began his career with the Bills. He didn't make the roster, but was added to the Bills practice squad later in the year and then also spent time on the Raiders practice squad. Uh, He comes from Auburn, like I mentioned. He was a 31-game starter for Auburn at guard. And so a guy with some familiarity. And while I don't think either one of these players really have a chance to make the roster, the Bills were short a few bodies at offensive line and – It's good to just get time with players. With the way NFL rosters evolve and practice squads evolve and injuries inevitably happen, it's nice to have said you've spent time with somebody as you need to fill holes on the practice squad or the active roster. So while these don't seem like meaningful transactions right now, it is due diligence and it's getting a feel for human beings that down the line, could play a role on your practice squad or even your active roster. So I think it's always good for teams to exhaust their roster limits at this point of the season and get as many players in as you can so you get as many exposures as possible so that way as the ebbs and flow of the season come, you have a Rolodex of names and players that you have familiarity with and FaceTime with and have seen practice and have been around your facility and you can really gauge how they mesh and fit with what's going on so that way you can fill those spots that inevitably become available. So, you know, look, we're not going to get overly excited about these guys, but I do think it's worth mentioning them because of the reasons I just said. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us today here on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Day two of training camp is in the books, and we got a lot more training camp to come. So 
Make sure you are subscribed to this podcast and don't miss any of these conversations. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Hope you have an awesome day, and I look forward to catching up with you again on Monday.